My friend's livid at the moment. She's sending me livid voice notes because she had, she's bought a house. Incredible scenes. And she had to get a new boiler installed, but the thermostats were all broken. She's already paid the bloke to come and do the thermostats. And he keeps not turning up, so I'm just getting increasingly angry voice notes from my, my poor friend who is cold. Now, don't row back on livid. That was a brilliant adjective. And you should have stuck with it. It's one of those ones like apoplectic. <laughs> there's so there's so many like really like dramatic words for being cross. And livid's really good because it makes me think of turning the colour of liver. <laughs> I, I did see something. I can't remember what it was about. But something bad happened and was tweeted about and described as stunning. As in this is, you know, stunning news. And someone was like, why would you describe this as stunning? It's awful. And someone had to be like, no, literally, like, as in they are stunned. Because <laughs> I guess that TikTok, the, the Negroni, it's Bagliato, stunning, has just... <laughs> I think it's always mad exciting when people use awesome in, in its most literal sense. It's like getting out a gun that's been in plain sight the whole time. <laughs> Such a cool word. Thanks, the 90s. Thank you, the 90s, for producing me, Alice Bell, host of the Electronic Wireless Show. This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, and we're on Series 3, Episode 5, if my notes are to be believed, which they are not always. <laughs> but I am joined this week by James Archer. Hello, James. Hello. And Gimli, apparently. Aloha. Aloha, Gimli. <laughs> it means hello and goodbye. But just hello in this context. I love the image of Gimli in a little Hawaiian shirt on the beach having a pina colada. That would be lovely. Man, he deserves that. Not John Rhys Davis, but Gimli. <laughs> why, why doesn't John... What's John Rhys Davis done? <laughs> he's, he's a git, isn't he, famously? Is, Is he? It? It's not, oh, no. Yeah, he's an ornery, like, Brexit-loving bastard, I think. Oh, no. oh I didn't know that. Yeah, I hate to be tribal, but I think um, that was certainly the case in 2016. Maybe he just had the brain rot, but I mean, you know, you know how I feel oh, about Gimli. Oh, okay, yeah. Take a lot yeah, to slag no, him take, off. <laughs> take away his tiki drink. Yeah. Actually, did you play Gim City that came out a couple of months ago? That was last year, babes. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was last year. Oh, that was last year. Yeah, ago. we're in January. Um, yeah, I re- I reviewed it and played a bit of it. I think you'd like it. It's good dwarfing. Good dwarfing. Excellent. Is it is reasonably sort of deep systems, if you'll excuse the pun? Yes, and good to play with pals, I think. Good. Lovely. Yeah. Good options for... That might be what I've been playing next week. Oh. Well, call you Cassandra. I know, because that means nobody would believe you, and I do. Oh. (laughs) 
Or do I, actually? I feel like you'd say you were going to get it and then you just play Age of Empires 2 again. Oh, just like I played uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen Lightning Returns. Exactly. Completed it. Famously. How have you been, James? I'm good. Um, I went, I've been to Los Angeles uh, have, to, yeah. play, to play a game I can't talk about. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I always enjoy going to the US, but parts of it, especially like out west, are a bit parallel universe Mm. Like upon, like immediately upon leaving the airport baggage claim, um, I saw a man wearing a cowboy hat on top of a baseball hat. That's quite stressful. Mm. Also, just like the just like the area in general, it's like we're up in this in this like top left corner of Los Angeles, which is essentially a vast, almost perfectly square grid mm. of just like light ash concrete roads and buildings which don't appear to have anyone in them but it's 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 strange because it's like it's either two hours to walk somewhere or five minutes by car anyway you yeah. go and, yeah. I, I, and like, I was there for three nights and probably saw fewer than 15 pedestrians total it's it's la is i think the worst city I have been to. Apologies to any native Angelinos, <laughs> but like your town is garbage on so many levels. Wow, you are really bringing I... the pan metaphor um, like attitude this week, aren't you? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Moved on cities now. I, it's the people who live there. Fine, lovely. They have been condemned to live in like a hellish, boring wasteland of concrete and hot piss. And like, <laughs> there are, I have like two good memories of times I've been in Los Angeles. Like it's it's an awful place, <laughs> and I'm sorry. What are the good memories though? Let's be positive. I had a really really nice burger dinner there uh, in February last year. It was a lovely burger, lovely dinner, and um, the uh, time before that, uh, I went for uh, E3. And went to Devolver Digital's uh, Hooters car park party, um, where the serious sound developers played like weird music by hitting boxes. That does actually sound quite a great party. It was good, yeah. Uh, the someone who was apparently from Nine Inch Net, either it was Uncle Trent or one of his touring musicians, uh, was dressed in like a wig and a mask. And a full length like granny dress and played guitar solos for like half an hour and then disappeared again. Was this Halloween or, or just a special time? <laughs> just the E3. So sort just of games ord- Halloween. Ordinary Tuesday night at, in the Hooters car park. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a good point. I will miss I couldn't think of anything to miss about E3, but I will miss the Devolver Digital things. Those adverts were extraordinarily funny. They got weird. They got weirder. They did. Um God bless them. Uh, but speaking of, are Devolver too big to be indie now? I don't know. But <laughs> the, Indie's a very silly term, um, isn't it? I mean, it is, but like, it has some use. So at the time that we picked this uh, topic, nothing really was going on. Uh, and now we're recording a day later than we do normally. And PlayStation, Sony had their like big Sony Live thing, Sony Direct, I can't remember what it was fucking called, last night. So, like, it, there is news from that. There's a lot of Silent Hill garbage. Um, uh, Death Stranding 2 has 
been oh must they revealed uh i understand that during the trailer for that someone basically just looked at the straight down the barrel of the camera and was like wow this death is a real stranding too or something like (laughs) (laughs) um that sort of thing that's all on rockpapershotgun.com for your delectation and delight so go check it out um and uh oh bloodlines 2 did a 15 minute gameplay reveal which is mostly punching as james observed a lot of punching um so that has all happened now but we're not going to talk about that we're just going to talk about indie games that we feel excited about because uh day of the devs has become a non-profit i don't know what that means but I'm actually going to play the full card here. What is Day of the Devs? So Day of the Devs is a... It started off as just a like little hangout thing. It's basically... Um, the. Uh, I was going to say Tim Sweeney. It's not Tim Sweeney. <laughs> um, uh, Double Fine Productions do uh, organize it with a i want to say another publisher or a sponsor whose name i can't remember and they're probably thrilled that i can't um and it's evolved into like uh just a, f- a few days where you know a bunch of indie developers from all around the world get sponsored to come and they show their stuff and people can go and play it physically and there's also like a, a stream thing so it's, it's another little thing announcey thing but um you know more indie weird themed and i actually quite like a lot of the games that get uh picked up for day of the devs i've liked saturnalia was a day of the devs game i fucking love that so uh but it's now becoming a charity or a non-profit i don't know what the difference is but like i'm suspicious of people saying that they're non-profits because like my dad's girlfriend made her farm a non-profit for reasons that <laughs> <laughs> seem entirely spurious to me um so, I don't know. It seems quite easy to become a non-profit in America. That's all I'm saying. Um, that was an amazing bit of accidental partridge, can I just say? <laughs> I don't know. She rescued two sad horses or something. <laughs> so, Day of the Devs is now a non-profit, which means they, have, they can secure different kinds of funding or something. But Day of the Devs, I think, is generally good. And given that it's Steam Next Fest next week as well, I thought we'd just talk about some indie games that we have enjoyed or are looking forward to in 2024. That's a real tenuous topic choice. But listen. Hey, yeah. sometimes you've got to eat the eggs. It's been a long January, you know. It's been a long It really one. has. Yeah. It's yeah. February. Yeah. Well... Brutal. Exactly. <laughs> it's a long February this year as well because it's a fucking leap year. Um, so yeah, uh, James, just before we started recording, you were saying to me yeah. that actually a lot of stuff from, from Steam Next Fest hasn't jumped out at you this year, but have you found anything that has been of interest? I mean, I mean to be fair, like Steam Next Fest is a, it's a big old, big old Argos catalog of games. Mm. Um I I I'm sure I've only seen you know f- f- the equivalent of four or five pages of it. Um, I did download and try one called uh, Spring Dash, which Ooh. is a vaguely vaguely neon white-ish first-person like speedrunning game. Uh, there's you know 
a lot of jumping and a bit of wall running. Um, but you are, instead of being a uh, you know, sharp-dressed man in hell mm. with guns, uh, you're just like a wizard. <laughs> so you, you have um you have a, you have a, you have a magic staff which can like spring uh, uh, some kind of like leaf or mushroom or something out of the ground, and then that's how you that lets you like bounce up. Mm. Yeah, and you can like chain bounces together to like hop across islands and um, yeah, smash into walls and find other mushrooms mushrooms to bounce on. Like it's it's quite it's a bit bare bones, but it it feels it feels quite good in terms of yeah, you know the, the sense of speed and the speed and momentum and all that. Um, so I, I do you feel it's pretty good. I, I must take issue with using the phrase "just a wizard." Both those are words that never belong together. But other than that, it's fair. <laughs> well, your 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 wizardly powers are pretty much just limited to yeah, spawning spawning bouncy leaves or shooting like a single magic missile at a spider that might be on a wall. But yeah, I don't. It's a bit I don't. Rincewind, isn't it? Yeah. I don't actually. I don't actually know what the. I don't. I don't know what the significance of the like actual shooting element is because you can just kind of like run past them and it's fine. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay. This was like my American football revelation in Horizon Zero Dawn, where my completion speed of the game increased by about sixty percent when I realised you could just run through all the robots like you're in American football. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, that does sound fun. I'm sorry, Joe, I realised I handed you like the shitty end of the stick then because I was basically like, James, you said that you hate everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't say that. I, I, I'm, I'm not fully informed. I, it is uh, a real... It's like shopping at TK Maxx. You have to kind of just almost relax your eyes like you're doing one of those magic eye pictures and just stare at this yeah, huge yeah. list. Some developers are they have been putting out their demos like a week early to sort of game so they get on the most played because by the time next fest officially starts ah, it, you know they're on that list. Um, they cheated the they cheated the bargo. Yeah. <laughs> the bargo. I really like, like Tom that. Henderson. <laughs> Do you know her bargo before? No, no, it's good. Well, um, I found some fun ones. Uh, I'd like to shout out Duck Detective, which is um, a like point and click two D and sort of two two and a half D because like the environments are kind of three D looking, but the characters are sort of two D um, little stickery things. Um, uh, very cute, like you know, kids book sort of style animals and you're a duck who is a detective and you go and solve like very low stakes from what I can gather crimes uh, like you turn up at this bus station and you have to solve like who's been stealing food out of the fridge kind of thing um, oh, I beg your pardon you said duck detective yeah. I thought you said dark detective no no duck detective but like this changes everything um, isn't that a bit frog detective no it's not uh, okay it's the name convention is similar but it is very not like frog detective um because like yeah it's very as you go around and you you have to solve like you know like first of all you have to get into the bus station kind of thing and the uh secretary won't let you in so you have to like figure out you go around and you find like the calendar and see like dates circled and and find out what day it is and then you look in the suggestion box and then you you know look you examine her and you see like her name telling you stuff 
you put it all together and work out that she's sad because no one's wished her happy birthday then she'll let you in kind of thing but the reason I really like it is it's very cute like looks lovely kid animation kind of style but (laughs) the duck detective is played very straight as as like a grizzled kind of noir detective so like the first thing he says is is like what chance did I stand a newly divorced duck who can't afford his rent (laughs) no no and then then he has to work out like what he spent the last of his money on and it's like bread because bread is the stand-in for like being an alcoholic and he's like the smell of toast helps me sleep (laughs) Okay, that's sort of amazing. It's amazing. And then, like, his phone rings and it's someone trying to, like, employ him, but he just screams, like, Anna, I've a changed duck. I've not touched a slice in weeks. <laughs> it's really funny. Just completely, like, playing all those tropes really straight. I've really enjoyed it. So. That sounds like okay. It's really good, yeah. Um, I also played one called Botany Manor, which is another, like, little puzzle game, but the puzzle is, like, um, growing weird plants so well, that is Alice bait if I ever heard I it. know um, so you get given like a seed uh, and you're like I want to grow this kind of plant to you know advance the next part of the game and then you have to work out what um, atmospheric conditions you need to create to make the plant bloom so the first one is like make it hot you have to make it a specific temperature and then it'll bloom uh, the second one is like it will only um, bloom in a lightning storm. So you have to like artificially make a kind of flash thunder sort of environment for it. It's really cute. So I like that a lot. Um, and also, uh, and these will, by the way, listener, we're doing a collection. The whole staff are doing a yeah, demos from Steam Next Fest. You should try. I've also been trying some horror ones and I tried one that I think Nate will like that is called... Uh, normal fishing. It's called normal fishing. Normal fishing is a retro handheld inspired adventure where everything goes exactly as expected and there's absolutely nothing to worry about. So you play someone who has just moved to the uh, a lake side house with your wife who has weird staring eyes and massive cans. And she's just like, good evening, husband. We must get, you know, uh, we have a lifestyle that I'm accustomed to. So you must support this by going fishing and selling the fish. So you go fishing on the lake. Um, and it's sort of standard, like you earn money by selling the fish. And then you can get like better uh, fishing equipment and a stronger boat and whatever. And then... <laughs> Uh, but like the fishing bit itself is a mini game that's sort of like a 2D like side-scrolling shooter um, where (laughs) you shoot food pellets at the fish while dodging like junk from the bottom of the lake and also the fish can I I guess it's shitting at you and you have to avoid that as well Uh, and then you can eventually catch the fish Um, but then things get weird Um, there are like weird like the tentacles and like your wife and the other fishermen get progressively weirder uh and in the demo you (laughs) you have to fight like a a sudden giant mutant crab with a shotgun um so (laughs) and that's i that's not even the weirdest bit i i would say that's a spoiler but it's kind of not so like yeah normal fishing is a a kind of okay you know if you like the sort of daniel mullins twist in the tail sort of thing um did you play um dave the diver in the end no i didn't 
Because, um, oh, I really did like that. Mm. I would like another day of the diver. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of, like, James, are there any, like, because I, uh, well, let's go to you, Nate, because like, you don't have access to the Steam portal that we've been using to do the demo stuff. But are there any indie things that you're looking forward to? Any smaller games like, a, you know, a day for diver that you're kind of looking forward to in 2024? Um, I must admit, I'm I'm a bit out of the loop on that. Um, a lot of the things I'm looking forward to are... Actually, no, no, it's fair enough. There are a few things. Um, you know, I was talking about, like, endlessly being edged by semi-fictional dinosaur games. Yes. Um, like, we just saw some more footage, I think, from Instinction, um, which looked quite impressive until I realised it was, like, quite a lot of cunning ways to do a lot with mm. with, a, with assets you've bought in a pack, basically. Um, yeah, this it's it really sucks that the genres I like, um, specifically like city building and dinosaur simulation, seem to be like the the biggest hotspots for sort of things that never end up happening. So I've just gotten used to not looking forward to things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's my cool answer. I was going to say <laughs> dinosaur simulation is probably not like the 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 most mainstream of, uh, of but genres. But then think how many people like dinosaurs. Like People do like you'd dinosaurs. You'd be hard-pressed to find people who don't like dinosaurs. This is true. You would think it would be one of the main genres of game, but we digress. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that because no one's ever had the chance to be wronged by a dinosaur? Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's such a reasonable statement. <laughs> the, yeah, dinosaurs have never hurt us. It's true. I like that. <laughs> uh, James, are there any upcoming indie games that you are enthused about? Yeah, so I, the, the big one for me is Resistor, um, which I, I think I talked about like a couple of episodes ago. What were we doing like? Games yes. yeah. looking forward to in 2024? Yeah. yeah, so Re- Resistor is the, the car PG. That's kind of like a cross between, I guess, Burnout and Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, I, I talked about that quite a bit uh, in episode one, and there hasn't been anything new about it since. So moving on, there's... Oh, um, so I, I only learned about this uh, a couple of days ago from LSO, um, but there's this game called uh, Millet Sanya, I think it's pronounced. Oh, yeah. Which is an immersive sim where you're trying to escape this village that's being watched over by a massive policeman. Um, oh! He's, is this he's, the one that's been around a while? I think so, yeah. Um, like He's a completely sapient and human-like policeman. He's just like 200 metres tall. Um, and he and, just reaches down and it's hot. Yeah, like, if, he, if he catches you doing a crime, then he just like picks you up um, in his like giant cop fingers, <laughs> raise, raises you up into his face and be like, don't let me catch you doing that again. He feels like some sort of Kafka plot device. It's great. Well, yeah, like the, I, I, I think the whole thing is meant to be like ev- evocative of you know, a- actual oppressive societies and that kind of like that feeling of overbearing, yeah, dread and lack of freedom. Um, I because I, it's like it's mostly like a social 
immersive sim like there's no real there's not really combat um there's, i think that's like a bit of stealth mm-hmm. but it's mainly about how you like interact with and talk to the policeman and how you interact and talk to like other people around the village um so i guess it's also kind of like playing on like how how much do people just play the game to get by when they're living in you know this hor- horrible uh horrible oppressive society um can you reason with the horrid policeman i think so yeah well i maybe to a degree like you can i think you can like flatter him and you can give him gifts uh i'm not i'm not sure what you i'm not sure what you could give a, a giant policeman yeah um, you can like tell him you like his 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 a style punch on the nose yeah um so and and like his mood towards you i guess affects how severely he punishes you for like doing certain things like if he if you're like on really good terms with him like you could steal maybe what appears to be a worthless item um to him and then he'll be like oh yeah whatever um whereas if if he's cross with you then he'll immediately arrest you uh or you know pick him up with giant cop fingers um yeah it's just like I I love immersive sims, but a lot of them are based just come down to like you can do shooting or you can do stealth, and yeah. So Mil- Milutsania is kind of an, more of an interesting social satirical uh, slant on that. Mm. Um, what language is it in? Russian. Well, the title that is. They're they're Russian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's Russian. Yeah. And they got it's very interesting because they got like the Russian. Uh, a Russian TV news channel when like the trailer came out and everyone went crazy for it, went wild for it. They were like saying this is like anti-Russian propaganda, basically, because the the milit militsiona is like a a kind of I believe like a sort of kids you know story of like a a good cop kind of thing. Um, I can't. I will link because I did an interview about it and I'm mangling what they said, but I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes because it's very interesting when they talk about it um yeah it does sound mm. yeah. um they've also they've also been quite outspoken um against the war in ukraine so probably not for not further endearing them to, yes uh, indeed know, Russian, yeah. Russian, russian state media <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah that uh, looks good um there's also uh thank goodness you're here which looks lovely and just perfectly captures the vibe of being in a lightly rubbish English town. Um, <laughs> That's the one that, re- that looks weird, doesn't it? It looks like it's like a, yeah, it's like car- it's like cartoon, like hand hand drawn, hand animated. Yeah. Um, I'm still not entirely sure how it works though. Like you appear to just potter about doing like odd jobs for weirdos, which is fine. But I also wonder, like, is there an actual narrative or a structure? Hmm. Which I don't know yet, but yeah, a, it looks fun. There's a lot of um, upcoming, like, just build a nice townscape games as well that have no, yeah. like, aim and no, like, con- constri- you know, constrictions on you and stuff. It's just like, just build sure. a nice little environment. Uh, so there's like a cyberpunk city one. There's a little holiday town one. There's a bunch of them coming out. So, you know, people are kind of like, there's a lot of games coming out that are just like just just, just try just and chill. chill out. Yeah. Mm. Is like, this what cozy is as a, a genre modifier? I don't know. It's weird. The the 
I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I think it. I, I think I think cozy is more referring to tone, whereas yeah. chill is maybe more referring to action. Because yeah. I think to be a, to be a chill game as opposed to a cozy game, like there's like no stakes, I guess. Whereas there can there okay, can be fair. there can be stakes in like a cozy crime book because you know people yeah. are still getting murdered. But yeah, yeah, there you go. Good, well done, James. Thank you. I'm glad you're there. Here. You go. The um, only non-author here. <laughs> delivered a masterclass yeah. well done um, I would like to do a quick shout out first of all to uh, 20 Small Mazes which is out uh, tomorrow I think um, that is a free puzzle game that is just 20 Small Mazes uh, they're kind of stacked on top of each other they're you know um, it's just a, a screen of little mazes on bits of paper and you can move them around, do them in different order, but all the mazes are a bit weird. So one of them folds down the middle and you have to sort of fold in and out to move the, the ball around. One of them is a maze drawn by the developer's six-year-old daughter uh, in felt tip and it has like an orc that you have to get past and things. Um, one uh, is under construction and you drive like a little truck and you can bust through four, exactly four walls in the maze. Um it's great. They really loved it, and it's free and out tomorrow. Um, it's a big shout. I respect out that. it, but I wish it was called Thirty Small White Mazes and One Massive One, which has got a Minotaur in it. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll pass that on. Um, also, Horses uh, is out this year, which I haven't seen a lot of yet. I think the demo is coming soon. Is from uh, the is from Santa Ragioni, the devs of Saturnalia, who I always have to disclaim that I am sort of friendly with the head of the studio to the extent that I make fun of him for being more like I love art, and then when he's like sick and sad watching all the Star Wars TV shows, um, <laughs> uh, Horses is like a weird horror game where you're working on a horse farm but and you have to like stay there for 14 days but like all the horses look like they're naked men with like horse masks on and you can ride the horses by like them like you sitting on their shoulders and stuff looks mental but in like the good way so i'm interested to like actually see kind of how that works and stuff looks very cool um i think that's kind of because I don't want to, like you, James, don't want to go over what we said in a previous episode with our most anticipated games. But, uh, you know, as Nate said, indie is maybe an unhelpful term, but does have some uses. And I think, you know, celebrating the smaller things is good. So, um, yay! Let's move on for talking about games that are sort of soon to be out. Uh, to talking about games that we've been playing. So, uh, James, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been playing Like a Dragon: Infinite Wealth. Mm. <laughs> I was I was saying to Edge the other day. Um, I've always liked and admired the Like a Dragon, nay Yakuza games, uh, though more for the vibes and the tone and I guess a presentation rather than how they actually play as games. Yeah. Like there's always there's always like really there there are like really great moments in there. Um but also there's a lot of repetition and grinding and sometimes these like weirdly like pointless and tedious little quests where you just have to go to a shop and buy a beer or something. Or like <laughs> buy a sandwich. Yeah. And with with Infinite Wealth, like there's still a bit of it. 
it's still a bit of that but um and also like there was there was talk from like the the developers before it came out about how oh it's like the biggest game you've ever made it will take you three thousand hours to see everything and all that um so i was gonna play it for hardware reasons but i was still a bit like oh no um Mm. but actually actually it is massive but the way it paces itself and like eases you in to all its different mechanics and characters and minigames is actually mm. very, very well done. Uh, I've never felt... How does it live up to the ludicrous boast of its title? Sorry. <laughs> uh, in- infinite Wealth. Yeah, have, you, I don't have know- you been able to demonstrate the acquisition of Infinite Wealth? I haven't yet. Um, I'm, I'm normally broke because my, I, I spend a lot of money on ice cream to regenerate health. And my only reliable source of income is being like a crazy taxi-inspired like Uber Eats delivery man. <laughs> is it? I feel like the infinite wealth is metaphorical because it's like your friends because you can gather like a gang or something, can't you? Oh, the, infi- like a the infinite wealth game. is the friends made along the way. Yeah. Oh, Asgard is people, not a place. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's that. Is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I do like um, I do like all the party members in in Infinite Wealth. They're they're they're, they're cool folk. Um, but yeah, I've never I've never felt overwhelmed in the same way I did with, for example, Borders Gate Three. Um, I guess I especially with like the like the slideshows and the mini games. I guess like the Pokemon thing. Mm-hmm. They're introduced um, in. The, the, so the way the way that they're introduced is you're normally like going along like doing something else like doing the main quest or whatever and you kind of got, get like a cutscene happens and you get locked in to what turns into like this little side quest which is itself like kind of like a tutorial like an introductory thing to this side game I got and you, yeah. that pro- that might that might sound like it like they're just getting in the way like oh my god like, just let me do what I was initially planning to do but they are like usually pretty fun. And they're also like these introductions are quite short, so you always get like a good um, a good like understanding of how they work. But then uh, once you're done with that tutorial, like if you want to, like you can just completely banish it from your memory completely. Like you don't have to, you don't actually have to do any of that going forward, and it's not something you have to like keep in mind really, um, unless you want like the specific rewards that they give. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, partly why I'd get on well with this and not Baldur's Gate Three was because Baldur's Gate had like encyclopedias worth of systems and mechanics mm. and just things to consider all the time. Whereas that's not really the case um, in Infinite Wealth. Um, I know they're like they're, they're very different games, um, but yeah, it's just a lot easier for uh, someone with crap like fps ruined attention span like me uh <laughs> to get into it and it's just it's just generally a fun game it's a fun game full of fun people um and like typical yakuza crime drama meets fantasy rpg silliness like like i like, like a sort of video someone put on twitter that had um uh ichiban who is your main character like run into it run into a palm tree white out and then some like nintendo ds looking pokemon thing appears from the sky in full nintendo ds star graphics and it turns out that and it turns out that was that was like an edit by someone on twitter referring to some pokemon joke that i'm not party to but if someone had told me 
no, that's real. That's from the game. I would absolutely believe them because it would be fully, totally consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the game. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to be around. Um, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see Gimli on the Hawaii beach, unfortunately. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, otherwise it's good. Even even like, even like the turn even like the turn based stuff, which I don't normally get on with, um, I am getting on with, um, because you can like physically move your party members around a bit, like within a within a limited space, while the enemies are also moving, and because because of that, and because there's usually a bunch of like environmental hazards lying around, it's a lot more engaging to me because it's not just choosing actions from a menu; it's about looking for openings and like positioning yourself properly and jumping on opportunities when enemies bunch up or like they're near a, a bicycle you can hit them with um and stuff like that so it's a lot more active i guess than i know i normally find turn-based games hmm. well i mean i've never like it's one of those games where i like the sound of it but yeah have never i'm glad that the yakuza like a dragon series exists in the world but have yeah. no real desire to play it myself <laughs> um, but i love the screen always had a lot of good things to say didn't they mm, yeah r.i.p in peace um yeah I'm, i mean not just good things to say in general about yakuza that would be an incredibly weird observation well, he didn't in general matthew didn't have a lot of good things to say so. <laughs> <laughs> complained about stuff glistening food um, yeah, Ed is a, a big fan of the series. He gave it a lovely review, uh, so check it out. It's got yeah loads of weird mini games and like a sort of Pokemon, and then like an a sort of island uh, sim thing. Yeah, loads of stuff going so on cool. with it, so. like an- Animal Crossing type thing. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Um, I've been playing Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, which oh well, I've been trying to play it. So God bless them. They sent out code a long time ago, uh, and it worked the first time I booted it up, and then it just didn't work. It, like it crashed. It it not responded every time I tried to boot it up. It wouldn't get to the start screen for about a week. It's been working a bit better this week, but I did not manage to play enough of it in time for the review embargo, which is kind of a shame because I did enjoy it. Um, what I played of it so far, it's a an action RPG JRPG that is based on a mobile game which I uh, had not played. Um, and thus, uh, the characters do feel a little bit thin to, to start with, but they have like little optional backstory um, things you can do to find out about them if you want. Um, but it's set in a world where there's, there's no like land. Everything is just floating islands in the sky. There is no earth. <laughs> um, so everyone gets about in these big airships and you're a crew of skyfarers and you have a little friend who can control like a big spirit um, dragon thing uh, called Bahamut. And uh, she goes off cracked and uh, all the spirits around start going off their rockers. So you have to go and fight like a big ice monster and a big air monster. And the boss fights are really big spectacle kind of. I'm, I got stuck on one last night that was against like giant like a, a shadow of the colossus kind of big robot thing oh cool yeah it was really difficult do you do you, do you um, fight them like in the airship is it is it like no an so it, game or no no, no. You, oh that would ball no alas it is you play uh as the captain and um you 
or but you can play as any of the other crew and you can unlock new co- crew members like sexy ghost girl and like tiny swordsman um and you know extremely handsome knight and all that kind of shit and uh then you it's ground like over the shoulder third person uh crew kind of combat so you take a a team of four with you and they all have different abilities it's the combat is um easy enough that you don't have to understand it really and you can just spam like attack and you know (laughs) diablo four your way through it but um, it gets a bit grindy in the boss fights because the boss the bosses are all like they're nicely designed, but they are bullet sponges to force you to understand the combat, um, which has a lot like you can link attack with other members of your team and you can build up link power and you can all if you all do a special attack at once, then you sort of do a Megazord special attack uh, that does loads of damage. Uh, and if you sort of don't understand how to make that work, the boss fights take fucking ages. Um, but they take ages anyway because they're such like bullet sponge monsters. Um, but it's fun. It's a lot about spectacle. When you're doing big attacks, you cannot see what is happening on the screen at all. I like the enemy designs. I like the world designs. And I even sort of could get on board with like the incredibly earnest story, you know, where like there are times where you get to pick a dialogue response, but it's like, what should we do? The, there are still civilians left in town, but we need to escape. And you can choose to say, like, we can't leave them behind. Or, like, there's no way we're leaving now. Like, you always do the right thing, you know? Like, the moral choice is Boo. what flavor of good do you want to be? No, I kind of like it, you know? It's very charming. It's very, like, JRPG kind of fantasy tropey, but, like, it does it all in a very sweet way. Um and I'm not mad at it at all. And my favorite character is uh, a mage, a magician woman called Rosetta, who is like a rose-themed wizard uh, who just conjures like big roses and wears like a thigh-high, like s- split to the hip kind of curtain dress. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, Good sensible wizard clothes. Yeah. All the it's everyone is dressed like either a knight or a sexy baby basically <laughs> um <laughs> but it's good it's fun it's very yeah just all about spectacle and like just big fights just does get a bit repetitive sometimes but i've only played about half of the main quest and i haven't been able to do any co-op really and i know for other people they haven't had any problems at all so i don't want it to, I, I don't want it to sound like this game is irreparably broken but as a cross-section of three people who got the code um for one person, it seems to be working fine. One person, it's not working at all. And me, it's sort of like, it was, it was like not working. Then it got down to like one in eight attempts to boot. It did it successfully. I think we're about 50% success mate rate at the moment, maybe like 33%. Um, so like a one in three. Maybe I mean, if that, those are the characteristics of an aircraft I'd bought. I wouldn't be delighted. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so but I don't know if that's to do with us getting an early copy, but I've tried it with the, you know, what is... Because you can... Un- this is very behind the curtain for uh, listeners, but you get when you get review copies, codes to unlock on Steam, you will sometimes be given a code to unlock like a beta versions where the the devs are like pushing changes to it more, you know, regularly because they're still sort of working on it up to release and things like that. And I've tried it on both the retail version and the the beta pre-release version so i 
I don't know. Oh, those are the versions where you can press C twice to make Sonic fuck, aren't they? What? I just took a sip of my tea then because I imagined you were going to say something sensible. Um, it's the way you said it was like, it, it had sort of a, an, an uncle at Nintendo energy to it. It's obviously completely true. <laughs> I get access to like a special version. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Goofy actually comes out of your computer and spits a load of honey into your kitchen so you don't have to buy honey. It's great. Yeah. Actually, that might have happened in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, but that's what I've been playing this week. Uh, I went on a long time then. Nate, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've continued to uh, to get up to date on strategy games with uh, Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-earth 2. Well done. Um, from 2005, I think. Um, yeah, all of that Starship Troopering um, has got me kind of hankering for... You know that the Dawn of War era of RTS. Oh uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I watched a YouTube video where someone was trying to get through the entirety of um, Battle for Middle Earth, or is it War of the Ring? That's Battle for Middle Earth without losing a single unit, and they were just in complete hell trying to do that. And for some reason, it made me think, "Oh, I'll download that." Um, I, I've just been throwing orcs into the Mensa, though. I don't care who lives or dies. <laughs> okay, good. Lovely. Um, with that said, then, I, I, I should have talked about my thing last because that would have been a better segue to to fucking talking about hardware. Curses! Well, uh, well actually, actually, Alice, I was, gonna, I was, I was thinking of saying, um, I, do feel a, I do feel a dash of kinship for the fact that you guys now are experiencing the fun of shit not working for no goddamn reason because that's because that's something that happens to me like every week working in hardware is you plug something in and it just does nothing it's astonishing it's, that we've invented computers all this time and they still don't really work it's, it's kind of why i like the character of pcs over consoles though because it's it's kind of like yeah, like it gives it gives them character to have to like sap them a bit to make them work. That's like someone trying to like convince themselves they've not just bought a monster dog. <laughs> <laughs> James, what's going on in hardware this week? Uh, so I've been testing and reviewing a couple of the new RTX forty Super graphics cards from Nvidia. And one of them is really good. That's the 4070 Super, um, because that's just a, basically a straight upgrade on the 4070. Um, it just pumps out more frames whilst not really costing any more. The other, the 4080 Super, is... I'm not sure why it exists. <laughs> right. Because it, it it is cheaper than the original 4080. Like The starting price is about £300 less, which is a lot of money. Um, but it isn't really faster, and I don't really—I don't understand what they were thinking. Because if you just wanted a cheaper forty eighty, then why not just do a price cut? Like, why go through the trouble of making another card entirely? But it does—but it double doesn't make sense because it's been designed and built the same people and machines that the forty seventy super was, which actually is a meaningful improvement. So I—I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It makes no okay. sense. You can't even really be scathing towards the forty eighty super because ultimately, like, 
it is a better graphics card because it's cheaper. Like if if you if you take the like two the performance levels of like the forty eight and the forty forty eight super and they're basically the same, then you know obviously it makes sense to just get the cheaper one. Um, but again, like why 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 does it need to exist? It's it's just one of those situations where you can only like look at while putting your hands in the air and saying okay, I guess. <laughs> can I ask for a traditional beans metaphor, please? Beans metaphor. Okay. Um, it's like if the beans company has previously made two brands of beans, one one which tastes tastes nice and costs a cowboy one silver dollar, and another brand of beans which has a more unctuous sauce that costs mm. five dollars, and there's a there's a minor backlash from disappointed cowboys because five dollars is arguably too much to pay for one can of beans. So a year later, the same company puts out two updated bean brands, one which still costs a dollar but tastes a bit better than the previous one dollar beans, and the other is basically the five dollar bean recipe again, but this time it costs four dollars. Now all the townsfolk okay. agree that technically this bean situation has improved for us, but was it necessary to do a whole rebranding exercise for the more expensive beans when they could have just put a different sticker on it. I'm with you, I'm with you. You know, I'm I'm having a bit of an epiphany. What's that? Like you've you've become very consistently skilled at these beans metaphors to the extent where I can actually start to harvest data from them. And many times the metaphor has been beans were perfectly good, but they're trying to invent them again. Like, it seems it, to boil down to people coming up with, yeah, beans that don't even taste better than the beans that already exist. I, I do, I do, I do sometimes think about this when I'm reviewing hardware because it is often the case where like something, something new that replaces an old model, like an old graphics card or an old CPU or something, and it's like this puts out five frames per second more, and it's <laughs> like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, what, I can't. Yeah, scrabbling for, for eggs. Yeah. Also, also in this analogy, there's a there's a third um, tin of beans which costs about two dollars fifty, mm. called the Beans Forty Seventy Ti Super, but nobody has let me taste test it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds delicious. Thank you, James. That's a lovely hardware this week. <laughs> Towers on fire, sadly. Towers on fire, which oh. means uh, that's just about all we How have about time yours? for. <laughs> that's just about all we have time for uh, on this week's episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. It was Series 3, Episode 5, and all that remains is for us to do some recommendations, because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. James, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm recommending the YouTuber Ramble Lime, which is the word ramble than the word lime, uh, but one word, um, who makes video essays on both popular and niche RPGs. Uh, specifically, I recently watched and enjoyed his retrospective on Fallout New California, which is one of the first fan-made like total conversion mods for Fallout New Vegas. And I love learning about ambitious failures, um, regardless of the medium. 
Uh, so it was a very interesting look back at this at this mod and like what went wrong with it and what it actually did well. Um, so yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it, I haven't watched it yet, but he, he's also done a ninety minute analysis of Fallout: The Frontier, which is an infamously cursed yet also very high concept uh, New Vegas fan game. Uh, so I'm kind of rubbing my hands Ooh. when I can when I can sit down and watch that. Okay, I love a video essay. Yeah. I'm I'm all over that. Yeah, although the down the down I think the downside is watching him has kind of like fudged fudged with my algorithm a bit because now YouTube is recommending me like quite nasty video essayists. Oh no. Oh yeah. I found that as soon as I got into video essays, it's just like trying to tell me about like streamers who ended up molesting people. It's yeah, horrible. Yeah, There's it's a like lot of, drama, yeah. drama explained. Why everyone at Bethesda deserves to die. It's not, There's no, a lot of drama like stuff. I avoid video game stuff for a similar reason, so I just have my, my bread tubers that I like. Just do like <laughs> takedowns of fintech and deep dives about weird um, theme parks. So, <laughs> try for whatever reason, you get into video games, it gets toxic real fast. So... <laughs> Uh, but that sounds great. I'm interested in that. Um, Nate, what are you recommending this week? Well, I'm panicking now because I've forgotten the name of the YouTube channel, but it's really good. Um, I, oh, hang on. Here we go. Um, I think this was the one. Oh, there's two. Uh, Tank Tested uh, and Tank Tested 2, uh, which is their second channel. Uh, they just do a lot of clips of... Um, Aquarium fish in their natural habitats. I've been watching a lot of footage from the Rio Negro uh, in Peru. Um, it's probably my favourite river. And uh, yeah, it, uh, this is basically for Bjorn in the Discord. Um, but it's just it's a very good, relaxed fish watching. Uh, and they seem to be running quite a good, um, like, sustainable local collection scheme as well. Um, again, uh, if Bjorn oh, from cool. the Discord could... Uh, chime in on that i'd be interested to get their take but yeah if you like watching little colorful fish swim around dead leaves it's got you covered sweet who doesn't um i am going to recommend a book that my mum got me for christmas uh it's called from Malinhead to mizzenhead by joanna donnelly and it's a journey around the sea area forecast of ireland um so she starts off by explaining uh the, the shipping forecast kind of the you might if you're English you might know it it's you know it goes like Dogger Bank rising nine nine eight heading southwest it does all that what and there's one Dog, Dogger Bank yeah it's basically yeah it's real man <laughs> what goes on there there's a big dog he runs a bank he's got infinite wealth you should know that's why I remember it because it's the funniest name but different sections of the sea around the coast have different names and uh, then at like 6am and midnight you get a report on the radio about uh, which which bit bits of the sea are kind of stormy so that men on the boats know uh, where to go to not die and uh, they do it around Ireland as well obviously enough and um, it's uh, she explains what all the terms mean and the weather and stuff and then she sort of goes around the coast talking about like storms and why the weather is sort of like it is there and you know people she meets there and stuff it's really good it's a lovely cover as well good non-fiction book that's my recommendation does sound good yeah uh, 
So yeah, you keep your lowbrow game YouTube shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He's going full pan-anecdote mode. I know, yeah. (laughs) She's panhandled. Don't spend hours watching the same videos about streamers that killed their girlfriend. Um, So, uh, that really is it for this week's episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast. You can find us on all your social medias, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, what have you. Just give us a search. Uh, You can email us, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com for questions, suggestions, feedback. Please rate and review us five stars on all your podcasting apps. And please join the Discord as well. The link's in the show notes where you can hang out. There is a channel for talking about the podcast, but there are loads of channels for talking about loads of different things. And it's a very nice place to hang out. Uh, but for all of your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Gimli. It's good Gimli. That's the best noise I could do. It's tragic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's goodbye from James. Bye, James. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.